This morning, I want to share with us a word from Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 9. And this could be possibly, arguably, one of the the most common passages that people would know uh, in the Bible. Uh, And uh, it's it's all surrounding this this concept of joy, this, this idea of always being filled with joy. And I've sort of called this an unfathomable joy because I believe that, that there is more to this than, than just experiencing joy. Paul wrote this particular uh, book uh, of Philippians here when he was, he was in prison in about 57 AD there. And, and he wrote it in response to what was happening uh, at the times, there were some major issues that were going on. There were rifts and, and rows and things going between the Jews and the Gentiles at that time. They were fighting about all sorts of things. And one of the particular things that they had been doing some fighting on was this idea, or idea of whether or not resurrection uh, doctrine or resurrection theology was, was actually real. They were trying to, trying to justify and figure out, you know, could Jesus actually be God even though he died, but then he rose again? And how does that all fit into the mix here? And there'd been some debate for some time on this. And so Paul in prison is actually writing letters to try and address the issues of the that time world as they are trying to navigate through a season of theological refinement. And, uh, you know, of all the people, of all the people that had an experience that should have said, this is not joyful, Paul is the sort of guy that, that should have had that, uh, that, that badge, if you will. You see, Paul was the type of guy that uh, in 2 Corinthians 11, it gives us a bit of a, an insight into what happened to him. Five times he was flogged to near death by 39 lashes. 40 lashes was uh, considered basically putting someone to death. So one shy, five times that happened to him. There was three times where he was beaten with a rod. He was pelted with rocks and stones and things. He was shipwrecked three different times. He was always in danger. There was the Jews that started to hate him. There was the Gentiles that started to hate him. There was bandits and robbers as he was traveling around that were trying to take him. The rivers, the oceans, the seas were all kind of out to get him. He'd gone without food for a substantial period of time. He was cold and naked. He's the sort of guy that you would not expect to write this first line here, rejoice in the Lord always. I say again, rejoice. Now, I don't know about you and me, but if I was in that position, I would struggle to feel joy in that position so that I would want to rejoice in the Lord, right? For me personally, I'd be asking other questions. Why would you do this to me, God? But Paul here is encouraging us to find joy in the Lord, not in our circumstances. Let your gentleness be evident to all, it says in verse 5. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is... uh, 
sorry, excuse me, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, think about such things. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Let's pray. Lord, it's, it's sometimes hard. In fact, I feel like a lot of the times it's hard for us as we go through so much in this world to comprehend how we can always be filled with joy. And yet that's the instruction here through Paul for us. To rejoice always. To be gentle to experience the fullness of you, to focus in on you and to experience your peace. And so, Father, this morning as we unpack this a little bit, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us, that you would minister to us and that your love would just abound in us, that we might leave here experiencing, expressing the joy of the Lord, this unfathomable joy of the Lord that we can all experience. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, in that experience for Paul, as all those things are going wrong, I wonder how, how you feel about that. This was my, my New Year's Eve this was 36 hours ago. I uh, had a little surgical procedure to remove an abscess. And let me tell you, while I'm sitting there in hospital, the last thing that I was in, this, in pain, the last thing that I was thinking was, I'll rejoice always. <laughs> in fact, it's quite the opposite. But as I was there, I'm thinking to myself, you know what? you really have nothing to worry about. We've got some of the greatest hospital networks in the world. We have some of the most amazingly well-trained doctors out there. We have the greatest equipment available. And yet, as I sat there in that moment, the first thing that came to me was, I'm really anxious about this. I've never experienced a surgery. I've never been through anything like this. And I was like, oh, running through all these what ifs in my head. And perhaps some of you have been there and done that and you know, maybe able to empathise with me in that. But I was, I was starting to get really worried. And then I'm thinking, man, this is like nothing bigger than like a glorified pimple. But I was really anxious in that moment. And you know what? I think that the world that we live in is dealing with something far greater than just a, pandem- a pandemic. You see, we're, we're in a crisis, an anxiety crisis. And I looked up the Australian Bureau of Statistics report from 2018. The 2022 report is the next report, which is coming out mid-year this year. But I'm expecting similar trends, if not worse, as a result of the pandemic. But in the 2017-2018 year, 3.2 million Australians, that's 13.1% of our population, had an anxiety-related condition. This is an increase from 11.2% in 2014-2015. And ladies, this one's 
kind of not good for you, but females have a 1.5 times higher percent chance of taking on this condition. 15.7% for females versus 10.6% for males. Now, I don't know if this is just like the fact that women are willing to talk about these sorts of things and men like to keep it all in and not talk about how the way they feel. In fact, men feelings, what even are they? But I actually think that these figures are light on the reality of where we're at. And Paul tells us that we should rejoice, that we should be happy, that we should be experiencing the joy of the Lord in these circumstances, in fact, in all circumstances. And then he backs it up with this line, do not be anxious. Do not be anxious about anything. So the world that we live in doesn't seem to reflect the fact that we have a God that is bigger than that. Did you know that 70% of uh, unsuccessful suicide attempts, victims, they relate their stresses and everything to anxiety. 70% of the people who survive a suicide attempt can correlate to a heightened anxiety in the lead up to that. We're, we're dealing with something in this world that is bigger than a pandemic. And we are called to rejoice in the Lord always. Hard to do. Hard to do. But then I started looking into what rejoice actually is, what rejoicing is. And it says this in the, in the dictionary. It's, it tells us down the bottom there, it says to feel or show great joy or delight. No, duh. I expect that. I hate it when definitions use basically the shortened version of the word as its definition. But the reality is that that's what rejoicing is. To show or feel great joy. To show or feel great delight. And we're supposed to rejoice in the Lord. The other thing here that really is quite significant and important to us is that this word rejoice isn't a naming word. It's a doing word. It's a verb. We're called to actually do this. Now, perhaps that means that rejoicing doesn't come naturally to us if we're called to do it. It means that it takes something of us to get to that stage. We're also called to do it in this verse by Paul, irrespective of our situations. There's no caveat in there that says, if things are going bad, don't rejoice. In fact, if anything, we're called to rejoice always, whether it be good or whether it be bad. In all circumstances, we are called to rejoice. And we see that reflected in this passage from James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I don't know about you, but I, I like to be mature and complete. I don't like to, to lack things. There's nothing 
that I like about not knowing how to do things. Perhaps the engineer in me gets the better of me, but I like to know how things work. I like to know how things happen and do and work. And if I didn't know that, I like to try and explore it to figure it all out. Well, the answer here is that we are supposed to be joyous in all of our circumstances. It's a doing word. And it's an eternal perspective that we need to assume. Because here we in verse uh, 15, or chapter 15, verse 7 of the Gospel of Luke, it says, I tell you that in the very same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need repent. You see, this, this concept of joy isn't just an earthly concept. It's far greater than that. And when we get to heaven, we're going to see this rejoicing. We're going to see what it means to be filled with joy to such a degree where every part of our being is choosing joy day in and day out as we worship our God. I can't wait for that picture of every person from every nation with every tongue worshiping the Lord and seeing that and experiencing that. That is great joy to me, the expression of worship. But we also know that joy actually comes from the Holy Spirit, right? Joy is something from God. In Galatians 5, 22 and 23, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Perhaps a lack of the Holy Spirit is what's contributing to these insane figures of anxiety and stress in the world. Perhaps this is why we find ourselves fighting a bigger battle than just the coronavirus. Perhaps this is why mental health is hitting our radar so hard is that we're choosing to let the world infiltrate what God has changed in us. We must choose joy or we will find ourselves as prisoners to the feelings and emotions of the world Because just like it's a choice for us to love, to love those around us, it's a choice for us to do joy, to find joy in all of our moments, the little, the big, the hard, the easy. It is a choice for us and we must choose it if we want to live in the way that Paul calls us to, to rejoice always. The passage goes on and it talks about gentleness. It says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. I don't know about you, but, but I've always been more receptive to somebody who comes and tries to share something gently with me 
rather than someone who screams down my throat? I don't know. Like I've seen, uh, this, is, this is my personal experience, is I've always been more welcoming to somebody who wants to have a debate about God with me that's willing to listen and is gentle in their spirit and nature than somebody who walks up and just says, you're all wrong, you've got it wrong, rah, rah, rah. I don't know, maybe, is that me? Like, is there other people here that, that feels the same way? But gentleness here is actually something that is amazingly a product of our joyfulness, right? See, if we're experiencing joy, if we're experiencing that, that boldness, that happiness that comes from the joy of the Lord, we are gentle in our approach. We're willing to listen. We're willing to do all those things so that other people might take that one step closer to Jesus. We are called to be gentle. In Ephesians 4 verses 1 and 2, it says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle and patient, bearing with one another in love. Now, I used to work in, in retail. Uh, I used to work selling trinkets and things in one of those like little cheap shops, uh, effectively. Uh, in the shopping centre. And the amount of people that would come in quite irate that their 2 or $3 item had just broken at the hands of their child who had thrown it against the wall was, was quite astronomical. There was a lot of people, right, that would come in disappointed in that. They were quite angry. But I think that gentleness can offset anger, okay? Now, I wasn't the type of person that would fire back at them I quite often would just refund. At the end of the day, I'd just refund them the amount and write it off. But, but I'd listen to them. I'd hear their concerns. I'd listen to the disappointment. You know, you'd hear the child crying and, and everything. And, and I'd just gently just listen and say, we can, we, we can get through this. We can work out a solution here. And nine out of 10 times, those people would actually come back later and just thank you for the way that you handled that situation. You're able to bring a calmness, a gentleness into that situation. You see, I actually think that this is, this is quite a way that we could, we could really win people with the gospel. If we're experiencing and expressing the joy of the Lord, if we're being gentle in the way that we communicate with people, we can actually express who Jesus is because that is exactly the personhood of Jesus, what He was doing. Out of love, He was joyful. He was gentle. He respected people. He listened to people. He heard the concerns of those people. And he brought a solution into that space that said, you know what? You need me. You need God in your life. And even people who have had a bad church experience, I see it all the time. I'm part of it all the time. A conversation that I've had is it takes place and people who have been hurt by the church or people who have felt broken by the church or burnt out by the church, if you're willing to listen, they can actually be receptive to returning into the fellowship that we're called to be in. You see, we are all called to be gentle. 
In 1 Peter 3, 15 and 16, it says, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you, to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behaviour in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. You see, we have a great opportunity to be able to share the joy that we find in our relationship with God through gentleness and respect to see people's names written in the Lamb's Book of Life by a movement of the Holy Spirit through us. That's the type of church that I want to be a part of, a church that is alive and active, that is sharing the good news of God, but doing it in a way that is gentle, respectful, that brings glory to God. And we get this, this idea that there is more. You see, the only way that we can actually achieve this is if we are willing to be prayerful of every great and vast and massive move of God that we read about in the Scriptures. We see a movement of prayer that takes place first. And it's no different. This modern battle of anxiety, this modern battle that we are a part of, the greatest answer is that we fall to our knees and we pray. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. See, I believe in a God that listens to each and every prayer. I believe in a God that has answer to our prayer. Yes, no, not right now. I believe in a God that is doing things because of prayer. And we have an opportunity to partner in that. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing, it says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I don't know what tough times you've been through. I don't know how hard it is for you to express joy. But we've been given the task of being filled with joy always. And one of the ways that we can root ourselves in that joy is to tap into the greatest resource that we have, to Jesus, to God. Through prayer, we can achieve great things. Through prayer, we can find ourselves calm and gentle rather than angry and irate. Through prayer, great things can and will happen and we will see it. And we will continue to see it in this day and age. Good, bad, indifferent, prayer is our go-to. In all things, pray. Bruce Lee, he was a bit of a philosopher and dabbled in religion. And he says this, Do not pray for an easy life. Pray for the strength to endure a difficult one. Perhaps for some of us, we might be blessed in that situation. We can categorize our lives as an easy one. 
relative to the situations that are going on around the world, we probably all should consider that we're having an easy life in these circumstances. Perhaps in this room today, we feel like we're going through a difficult time. Prayer is our answer. Pray to God that we have the strength and the courage to navigate this difficult season. But in that same moment, that we can express the joy, the gentleness that God calls of us. And it might be cliche, but we have a prayer that's been given to us that we can be encouraged in. Matthew 6, the Lord's Prayer from verse 9, it says, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us of our debts. And we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You see, nowhere in here, is this circumstantial on our situation. Nowhere in here does it talk about give us an easy life. Nowhere in here does it say, you know what, if we could just have a cruisy next 12 months, that'd be awesome. No. In fact, what it says is your will be done, Father. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Pray without ceasing, no matter your circumstance. And I love this next part of this, the Lord's Prayer, that often isn't written in at the moment. It says, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You see, we don't do what we do for us. We do this because God is the only one that is deserving of glory. And we do this Because prayer is a calling. We are called to pray. And so if we get that right, if we get our joy right, if we choose joy, if we express gentleness into our situations, if we walk with the Lord daily in prayer, we should actually find that this last part of this passage is really easy for us. Because it tells us, it gives us a list of things to think about so that we might be right before God, that we might find ourselves in God's presence. And part of that list is this, that we would find ourselves in truth, thinking about things that are noble, thinking about things that are right, that are pure, that are lovely, and that are admirable. You see, this should be an outflow of the fact that we are experiencing the joy of the Lord each and every day. Because Jesus is all of those things. Jesus is truth. Jesus is noble. He is right. He is pure. He is lovely. And He is admirable. And if we're walking with Him, if we're following Him, if we're doing what it is that He calls us to do, if we are on our knees in prayer, church, we will see this change in our lives. We will see a reflection of Jesus as we walk about in our day to day. Non-circumstantially, this is what we are called to be. 
Romans 12, verse 2, it says, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what's God's will, what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Let's be renewed. Let's have that new mind. Let's choose to be joyful just as we choose to love those around us because we have so much to be joyful for and it starts here. It starts at the fact that Jesus died for us. I've got a list of verses and and perhaps you're the type of person that might like to just close your eyes and just meditate on these verses as I read them to us. From 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57, it says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We are victorious through Jesus Christ. We have so much to be joyful about. Romans 8, 37, Know in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14, But thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphant procession and through us spreads the fragrance of knowledge of Him everywhere. He is using us. Be joyful. Deuteronomy 20 verse 4, For the Lord your God is He who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies, to give you the victory. It's already been done. Romans 8, 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. John 16, 33. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. If we don't have joy, what are we doing? We have a God who is already victorious. The victory is ours. We have an eternal salvation delivered through Jesus Christ. We have everything to live for. Jesus is alive. He is active. He is doing things today. And He's doing it out of love. That famous verse, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. That should be something that drives us to joy. Now we're going to have an opportunity very shortly to participate in the Lord's Supper, to remember this Jesus who came down to this earth to defeat sin and death on our behalf that we might have life. If that doesn't bring us joy, I don't know what else can. Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. He is the only way, the only truth and the only life. In Him, we live. Be excited. I'm just going to assume that everyone in this room has the massivest grin on their face right now behind all of those masks. So don't, don't bring me down. But, uh, but we do have so much to live for, right? 
where is so much joy that we can experience. The gentleness that comes from that joy when we come before God in prayerfulness, aligning ourselves to His will, remembering what He has done, focusing on all of these good things. Man, we have a life to live, do we not? How good is our God? And finally here, it says in Philippians 4, verse 4 to 9, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the result, guys. We have the peace of God. Our joy bubbles over and we are at peace in Him. No matter what our circumstances are, we have an opportunity to live and live life abundantly in relationship with Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me before we take the Lord's Supper? Father God, I am so grateful. God, I am so grateful that you came and you did it all and that I can experience the fullness of what it is to live a life of joy in you. It is unfathomable that you would come down to this earth to deliver that for us. So Father, I pray that we would just be vessels of joy, that we would be overflowing, that as we walk the streets around us, that we would have a contagious smile, a contagious effect on those around us because we have life in us. God, would you help us to be gentle just as you have called us to? Would you help us to to know when to speak, when to listen, to hear your still small voice and respond? Would you help us in prayer, Lord, to know you are with us? Father, I pray that you would help us to recognise when you're answering prayer, that you would give us joy in those answers. And Father, that you would help us to focus on all these things, those good things, those noble things, those things of you that will help us to navigate this life and express the joy of the Lord that we have within us. Father, would you be glorified in everything that we do as we walk from this place? In Jesus' name, amen.